Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast, episode number 87. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and I hope everybody's Thursday is off to a good start. One more day close to the weekend. Can't really complain too much on my end. Uh, this episode focuses on a lackluster, to say the least, week seven NFL uh, recap. Also did preview a couple of games slated for uh, week eight, including tonight, Thursday Night Football. Was supposed to be a great contest uh, between the Packers and the Cardinals. Not sure if we'll get that um, same level of play with the fact that um, Devontae Adams is on the Copa Reserve list, along with Lazard. Uh, but I'll still tune into that tonight. Also did preview um, the Patriots and Chargers. And also talked about a couple of other things as well, including um, the Miami Dolphins' uh, interest in Deshaun Watson toward the end of the podcast. Uh, we can actually get into it right now. Here it is. called it very very boring week seven in the nfl yep. i, I made the schedule slack the thing on this one yep <laughs> but but i guess we could talk about you gotta talk about the chiefs first because i don't know what's going on 27 to 3 route at the hands of the, of the titans like they looked really like atrocious honestly day. honestly it's actually the opposite i know exactly what's going on okay yes you know what's going on so elaborate for me What's going on with the Chiefs right now? Okay, well, starting on the offensive side of the ball, they it's it's a combination of a few things. It's Patrick Mahomes is clearly, clearly pressing and trying to do too much because he knows his defense is terrible, and that's, like, influencing his play. There have been multiple times – where there have been checkdowns available, open guys available, where he could just take take the three or four yards, get like second and two, third and four, and then try again on like the next down. But he keeps going for the riskier throws, and it's either not working or it's ended up getting picked. He's bailing out of the pocket too early, looking to make looking to make plays. Um, they've been multiple times. So like if you look at last game. He had the interception, but he also fumbled twice and, like, lost one of those fumbles. So that's – Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in the NFL, bar none, but he's not playing like a top-five quarterback at all. He's not – yeah, the last few weeks he has not been playing well. Um, Another thing that is a problem is – I've said it a million times. It's every team that they're seeing, they're not blitzing. They're dropping back seven guys. They're dropping back eight guys. They're putting they're putting a roof on that that Chiefs offense and saying if you want to score, you're gonna have to dink and dunk. The way that you beat a too high shell is you run the football. You run the football and you make them put somebody into the box to stop it, and they're not doing that. And then. I think the third thing on their offense is they're feeling themselves too much. The offense is, like, too sexy. It's outside of the passing game. A lot of their runs are RPOs. So they're all, like, run-pass option. The problem with um, run-pass option is your offensive line doesn't know when your quarterback's going to hold on to the football and try to throw it or if he's going to hand it off. So – I'm not sure if you if you're if you're like really aware with how like line play works. When you're run blocking, you can't go downfield. <laughs> you if 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 your quarterback holds on to the holds on to the football and you go downfield too and you block your man downfield too early, that's an ineligible man downfield and that's a penalty. So they're a little bit like hesitant. They're not it, it but te- usually run blocking is very like like physical. They need to ditch the, all the RPOs and bring more just straight run calls and start to play off the play action. I think right now, like, their offense is really sexy and they're losing the sight of, like, how fun uh, about fundamental football and how football is, like, a physical game. Okay. That's a fair evaluation. You know what I think, too? I think that the fact that they don't, they don't really have – they don't have a consistent third option on offense. 
you know, you got Kelsey, you got you got Tyreek, you got Kelsey, but they don't got that third guy. Like McCall Harbour's not that guy. Yeah, it's a viable third option. Yeah, the I think well, a lot of like the big problem with it is a lot of the chief offense is big plays. It's Tyreek Hill. McCole Harmon is a speed guy. He's not consistent on the outside, but he's kind of like a speed downfield type of guy. The only possession receiver that they really have is Travis Kelsey. And again, they're putting, they're putting a roof on that offense to take away, to take away Tyreek Hill as best they can. And, they're treating Kelsey when they took off the kid gloves. They are beating them up as much as they possibly can. They're hitting them all over the place to try to slow him down. And just a combination of all of the other things that I've mentioned has like led to where we are now, where the likelihood of Kansas City making the playoffs is like really in jeopardy. I definitely don't see them getting to the Super Bowl or, or winning it. Not at all. Oh yeah, I yeah, I can't see them make, make the playoffs right now. I mean, they're now three or four, third in the AFC West, and the next three games you got the Giants, Packers, and then they are at the Raiders. There, when 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 you look at like, if you look at this year based on this year's like win percentage, not last year's, based on this year's win percentage of their opponents, they have the toughest remaining schedule of any team in the league. Brutal. They're screwed. <laughs> they're screwed. I'm, I'm like we, I'm like we think that they should beat the Giants next week, but can we really say that that's gonna happen? That, that we're uh, I, about I that? think they would because even though even though they had a bad game against the Titans, I think it's it's again it's like a, a it's like a whole bunch of things kind of snowballing together to torpedo their to torpedo their season. I think Patrick Mahomes had a bad game. And each week, I think he's getting increasingly frustrated with the lack of, um, of, of of just like the lack of foundational play or good play from his defense, and he's pressing. And I think the Titans, in a lot of ways, are like uniquely suited, at least offensively, to attack that Chiefs defense. Um, and low key, their their front four has been playing pretty well. Harold Harold Landry on the Titans has been playing like out of his mind. He's right now he's one of the best pass rushers in football. Like Miles Garrett has nine and a half sacks. He's first in the league. Harold Landry is, is second in, in the league with seven and a half. He's got like a half sack more than TJ Watt, even though TJ Watt missed the game. So it's the the Chiefs offensive problems are fixable. Let your offensive, especially because Orlando Brown is coming out of that coming out of that Ravens offense. Orlando Brown can run block; he can definitely run block. But I think in, he's like a little bit miscast in this Chiefs offense, where it's a lot of it's a lot of pass blocking and like these the, when you when you're using all these RPOs, your offensive line can't get that pop that it's used to. Like they can't just fire off the ball and just try to move guys out of their way. With the with the RPOs, they kind of have to to hesitate that one more step, so they're not as physical as they would want to be. So they're not grinding out those tough yards that they need to. It's like if if they're if they're backing up two safeties deep, just grind out four yard runs and convert third and two. It's like why? I don't understand why they refuse to do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I really feel like. I think they're just overthinking things and they're too much into like this analytics um, era of football when it's like when they are just to stop that, you need to go back to foundational football, which is being physical. and They don't want to do it. Mm. It, it, It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, And then then as far as the other side of football, I honestly think that she's the defense is cooked. Like there's no fixing that. None. None. Yeah, I felt like it would take take an offseason to to get that uh, readjusted. Yeah, because Daniel Daniel Sorensen was definitely like a pretty big weak link in their their secondary. They benched him for Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill was playing well, and you know they they did sell out to stop the run to stop Derrick Henry um, over the weekend, and they held him. Uh, Derrick Henry got twenty nine carries, and he only got eighty six yards. They held him to three yards per carry. But the problem, and then also we talked about last week about Derrick Henry ripping off runs. The longest run he got in that game was 11. But 
they sold out to stop him. And what happened was the Titan was like, oh, okay, you're going to sell out to stop Derrick Henry. We are going to use play action all night long and attack those linebackers because your linebackers suck. Every single offense in the league is going to do the exact same thing to them. And there's not really anything Steve Spagnuolo could do. Like, he can blitz more and maybe get home, but you're going to create voids like elsewhere. So that Chiefs defense, as far as I as far as I can see, is not fixable unless Frank Clark starts playing like out of his mind, out of nowhere, and Chris Jones is able to have like a, maybe a bit more efficacy rushing the passer. But that defense is screwed, man. That they ain't no fixing that. Yeah, it, you know, it, it kind of seems like like the Bucks like put put, put a blueprint out there on how to stop. Chiefs and a lot of teams adapted to that. This it's season. not. It's not exactly that. Like the that blueprint has been out for like two, three years. Like people have been doing that for a while, and it's kind of like I've, I've been I've been saying it going back for years. I was just like the the margin for error for the Chiefs has always been pretty big, but over time, there's just like simple like attrition. There's like simple like regression that margin for error is just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Right now, it's one, you have an offense that's turning over the ball at the highest rate in the league, and you have a terrible, terrible defense. So it's like you're not you're going to lose games when you're doing that, especially if, if, if you're, you're telling me that basically you're handed, your opponent pretty much is guaranteed to score 28 points when they walk into when they walk into the stadium when you're playing them and you're handing them an extra anywhere from two to four possessions a game, like how how are you gonna win consistently doing that? Like it's not it's bad foundational football. That's the problem. Like they're it's they the Chiefs are like very like sexy, but the problem is like the foundational stuff and the physical stuff is not there and it's football. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that, that makes perfect sense. You know what? I, you know what I think too. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, like when we think about the Chiefs and just how prolific that offense is and how they can turn the switch at any moment, we fail to realize just just how hard it is to be consistent in football. So over the past three seasons, they they made AFC Championship game, Super Bowl one, Super Bowl lost. Just three years of like going deep into the playoffs. Over time, that kind of wears on the team, I think, mentally, physically, and mentally, too. And I think that that might be a, a, a factor in what we're seeing transpire right now. And, then, and, and obviously some complacency, too, as well. Yeah, I, I, I do think that that is definitely, like, a factor. I do also think – I think you got to look at Brett Veach a little bit, the GM. I believe it's Brett yeah. Veach. But um, some of the picks and some of the moves hasn't turned, haven't turned out all that well. And – it's kind of shown itself. I mean, they spent they spent that pick on Miko Harmon. They spent that pick on Clyde Edwards Elaire. And they're kind of not really sure they're not they're not really reflecting where they were drafted. But they made these picks and kind of neglected other parts of the roster. You know, they did make that trade for Frank Clark. You know, they traded away a pick, but they also gave him a contract as well. He hasn't been living up to that contract. Guys like H and L. They they spent they spent so much on their offensive line, uh, you know, with Orlando Brown and trading for Orlando Brown, you know, giving Joe Tooney, making him the highest paid guard in the league. But I said it I said it a couple of years ago. I was like, when it comes to the cap, there's always gonna be holes somewhere. And all of their linebackers are god awful. God awful. And if you're not hitting in the draft, these are the things that start to happen over time where these deficiencies start to like show up. Now, is there like, is there a blueprint to beat the chiefs offense? No, they're like, they're still one of the best offenses in the league and they can literally clean this up very easily. If, if Andy Reid will just get out of his own way and Patrick Mahomes will just take what the defense gives him but that that defense isn't fixable, and I just don't see, I don't see them getting through an entire playoff run, especially being on 
on the road the entire time because they're just, they're not going to get they're not going to be they're not going to get the first round by and they're not going to get they're most likely going to be a wild card being on the on the road playing in, in enemy stadiums with that terrible defense. I don't see there's I don't see them I don't see a Super Bowl win happening this season for them, which is kind of like sad. Yeah, because you, you did a, you did a legit de- defense if you're going to be on the road every playoff series to have a realistic chance to win. It's like there's it'd be one thing if maybe it'd be one thing if maybe they were just like bad at like one aspect of football. They're bad versus the run, and they're bad versus the pass, versus, and yeah. they give up a ton of points, and they have something that you can attack again and again, and they, they have nothing for it. So I'm like, if you're playing someone like Tom Brady, Tom Brady would eat that defense alive and hammer that weakness. You, you know, Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Sean McVay with the Rams, cook them. Like, there's no team on the NFC side of things as far as, like, some of those offenses that that Chiefs defense has a chance of stopping. I mean, yeah, I agree because, like, with Tannehill, he had so much time in the in the pocket on Sunday. He was just torching them in the air. And the Titans offensive game. line isn't even that good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Titans offensive line isn't even that good. They were just destroying them with because the, the Chiefs don't really have much of a pass rush. And their linebackers suck. It was just play action all day long. And, and Tannehill, he was averaging like 10 yards an attempt. He was eating them alive. He had one, he had one pick, which I get, which is unfortunate, but it, it was ugly, man. <laughs> Bad. So let's talk about Mahomes a little bit. So a down year, to say the least. 18 TDs, nine interceptions in the season so far. I believe he's tied with uh, Zach Wilson for most interceptions in total in the uh, league this year. Yep. Um, does this, does this change your thought about him, like how he's been playing so far overall? No, I think I mean you're gonna have some variance and you're gonna have some bad because Mahomes has been making these plays, has been taking these risks for years. Simple well, yeah. regression said there was like a matter of time when some of these things would like turn into picks. And I also think, again, it's like a thing where he's pressing even more than usual because before I think the Chiefs the Chiefs had that mystique about them where even if they got behind, they could always catch up. And I think they had like a couple of losses this year where they're like, oh, shit, like it ain't, it ain't the same. And Mahomes is pressing and it's very, very obvious so it's like it's not something that isn't fixable. Like he just needs to play like more foundational football. I just I don't know if that's going to happen. But it but it's not something that's like out out of the realm. Like he he has the ability to do it. Like I've seen it. So it's it's just a simple matter of he needs to he needs to just maybe play within structure a little bit more. Mm. It doesn't really yeah. change my outspec, but I did want to say this. This is, but this this very thing with Patrick Mahomes is like emblematic of why a lot of like football fans get on my nerves, and why, <laughs> and like it's not even funny. Like it's like when people when people watch every every week, you'll see a Patrick Mahomes play, and like you'll see like Nick Wright or just random Kansas City fans be like. Well, I would love to see Tom Brady do this. Uh, so no way Tom Brady does this. And I'm just like, okay, Tom Brady, if Tom Brady in this offense would never be having the troubles Mahomes is because for one, he would take the checkdowns or he would take he would take the, the positive plays and move on to the next. Also, there's there's also a thing where Andy Reid is part of the problem with some of like these RPOs. When we talked about the Bucks last year, uh, we were talking about how Brady was a little bit miscast in that Arians offense, and they were throwing at empty. They were doing stuff like Brady's throwing from one hash and throwing an out route to the opposite hash, just stuff that just made no sense. But then mm-hmm. towards towards the end of the year. The, but in the first half of the year, they weren't using, like, play action at all. All of a sudden, towards the end of the year, you saw a lot of more shallow crosses and you saw more play action. That is 100% Brady going to 
Byron Leftwich and Arians and be like, your your bullshit is not working. We're doing this now. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes ain't doing that. If it was Brady or Peyton Manning or something like that, they they absolutely would have made sure that whoever's calling the plays changed the plays so that they're not doing all these RPOs and dumb offense and att- and just trying to just trying to do what they always do to attack these deep the way these defenses are playing them. They would attack the defense's weakness. This is like the problem. Like people always break it down to like these spectacular plays, but they ignore the fact that good quarterback play is not that easy to do, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right though. Brady Brady in that Chiefs offense would be more methodical and would take what the defense gives him. And wouldn't like try to like to, try to force it. Force people, people, people don't like boring quarterback quarterbacking, but they also don't realize how valuable boring quarterbacking is. That is like a big problem with fans. They just want to see big plays. They don't want to see you throw it across your body. They don't want to see you taking a, taking four or five yards ten times a game. And then making like the 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 you know the intermediate throw or the deep throw when it presents itself. But we're seeing with Patrick Mahomes, he's throwing a whole bunch of picks, and the offense is not doing as well as it could. You wouldn't see that with Brady. You wouldn't. That that's true. And it's funny how you brought up too how because um, like last year there was a lot of chances with the defenses had to you know to force the interception off Mahomes' mistake because he was forcing the issue. It's just like now that now people are just capitalizing off of it because he had a lot of potential ints last year. Facts. It's like it's like I think I think Mahomes had the most like dropped ints last year, maybe the year before that too. But it's like actually no, I think it was Jameis Winston two years ago, and then it was Mahomes last year. But it's like it's the same thing. Like it's when you're that's why that's why I say like Trevon Diggs, like the other shoe is gonna drop eventually because. You just don't see when it comes to picks. If you're if you're throwing like if you're making a lot of like risky plays consistently, it's that pendulum is gonna swing one way or the other like eventually, and it's finally like happening to Mahomes. And people have been saying about Mahomes for years. So he's you know he's fucking around and finding out a little bit, but I, I definitely think he can right the ship. But that problem is that Chiefs defense that ain't gonna change. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I got faith in him. I mean, you don't really. Um, it's looking really, really bad for him right now, but he'll, he'll be fine in the long run. People like say it's like it's like looking really bad when they, and he had one. They had you know one game where they averaged you know they had the three points. They've had like a bad like swing maybe the past like three weeks, but you know over the course of like a career, it happens. It's happened to Tom Brady. It's happened to Peyton Manning. It's happened to plenty. It happened to Aaron Rodgers like two years ago. Like, it happens. I definitely think, but and you know, if, if someone as great as Mahomes is, which I absolutely believe that, he, he'll be fine. Yeah, nah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. Hey, I want to talk to you about the uh, the Bengals. Um, after they uh, beat the Ravens 41-17, um, now they're sole control of the AFC North, looking like legit threats in the AFC. What's your take on the Bengals? Whew. Okay. Yeah, I guess we just got to call this apology season. Well, not a, well, again, I, I guess again? I won't. I, no, I guess I won't apologize because technically I was right. Um, Jamar Chase has been playing out of his mind all season long. Offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year for sure. Um, I'll give it to him. You know, averaging twenty plus yards a catch. Ridiculous, that's a, yo! That's insane. <laughs> it is insane. It is insane. He's a uh, you know he's he's second in uh, in yards this season to Cooper Cup, but he's pretty much about to hit like a thousand and probably gonna hit it in like a another couple games. <laughs> Man, but when, when you put the when you put the defense in the blunder for the eighty two touchdown eighty two yard touchdown run, that was, that was special. Facts and. So I was on um, – I usually do spaces. I, I, there's um, a couple of guys who do like a, a morning uh, football show. So I'll go into their space and I will, will usually chop it up every Sunday morning. And I was in the space and I was talking about 
a big thing, even though Jamar Chase has been cooking all season long, up until like up until last Sunday, Jamar Chase had been getting free releases every game. Like no one had tried to jam him at the line and he hadn't been doing anything short at all. So I was like, I don't know if that's like a thing in his game because he's, he separates really late in his routes and he doesn't really seem to beat people off the line of scrimmage all that well. He, he guys like give him a free release, run with them. And then kind of like right at the very end when he's about to catch the ball, he'll get give you like a burst and pick up like a yard and a half, two yards, catch it for like a huge game. Marlon Humphrey must have known what we were talking about because Marlon Humphrey tried to jam him at the line a few times and Jamar Chase destroyed him, destroyed him. I think that that ATR gain was caught off of a off of a short ball and he just took it to the house. Mm. Jamar, Jamar Chase is and what can what can't you say about him? Generational, generational talent. Um and then Burrow, um man, Joe Burrow's the truth, man. Um, that kid, he just got it. He just got it. He he uh you know he doesn't Herbert is a better athlete than him. But yep. man, but man, dude, and there's you know there's just certain throws that Herbert can make that Burrow just can't. But Burrow really maximizes his talent. He's so accurate. He's mobile. But man, he just got that that sauce. He got whatever it is, man. Like that that extra it factor. Where I just I just think it's just a matter of time for him. Like he's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna control that gonna gonna control that division for a while. Like him and Lamar Jackson, they're gonna be going head to head for battling to see who who wins that that you know that title for a long time, God willing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how, how much like young elite quarterback play we got to look forward to in the AFC. Yeah. So, like, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Jackson. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a thing I said a couple of weeks ago where you know, you always – it's – especially now where how quarterbacks have played for play for so long where a lot of, like, these franchise guys, you know, starting to move out, move on where, you know, this is definitely Roethlisberger's last year. Phillip Rivers retired last year. Eli Manning retired a couple years before that. Brady, I don't – I guess he's going to play until he's 55. Who, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers is – Probably it is like last year as a Packer. We'll see where he moves on to. Stafford's kind of like on the kind of in like the second half or like maybe like the he's like maybe in like the third quarter of his career. Where but like you see like this next generation of guys coming up who can like take that you know can can take the torch from these guys and kind of carry the NFL into like this new uh, this new decade of play where we're like talking about them to uh, like our kids when they're like grownups and then we're seeing like maybe like a new crop of like a crop of generational quarterbacks coming into the league. Yeah, man. So especially to look forward to. Yeah. I, I just hope that, that Mike Brown doesn't ruin Joe Burrow the way he ruined Carson Palmer. I thought Carson Palmer was going to be a hall of famer. Um, that's how talented he was. And Mike Brown ruined his career. Mike Brown's the guy who owns the Bengals. So I'm just hoping that, they've learned their lesson from how Carson Palmer retired rather than play another down for the Bengals. And they, they, they treat Joe Burrow accordingly. And they, they did, you know, they so far so good. They, you know, the offensive line play has been a little bit better. Joe Burrow does make them look better than they are because he gets the ball out really fast, but Joe Burrow stumped for Jamar Chase. He wanted Jamar Chase and they gave him what he wanted. And so far, it's paid off extremely well. So I'm hoping that continues. Yeah, man, that, that's like one of the most exciting duos in the league right now. Yeah, and I don't, I honestly don't know another duo that that's that's better right now. The the two of them, the way they're cooking, it's 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 ridiculous. That's bad. Yeah, yeah, right now, yeah, they might be the best duo. I mean, yeah, yeah, going all the way back to college, like <laughs> yeah, you got that that LSU report. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like I feel maybe we should have known better because 
Justin Jefferson was cooking the league last year, and Justin Jefferson was nowhere near as good as Jamar Chase was when they were both at LSU. Not even close. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, what do you got? Um, the Bengals ranked that in the AFC to rank them top three, top five. AFC is just weird, man. It's, it it's weird. weird right now. I, I I definitely do still have the Bills at number one, and then. I think kind of right now the Ravens the the Ravens are, are second to me even even though even though the Bengals beat them I still well would say maybe the Bengals the Chargers the Chiefs are all kind of like in a tier in a, in a tier together I would have to yeah. say Titans are maybe like in a like tier below them where I don't necessarily trust them even though. Know, that 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 play action passing game is ugly now with with Derrick Henry and then AJ Brown and Julio all the way outside and they're all like huge guys too, <laughs> you know, six, bunch of like six two two hundred pound plus receivers and then a running back that's bigger than both of them like it's, that's 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 wild. So it's uh, this AFC like playoff picture is weird, very very strange. I people have been saying that the AFC isn't good. I don't think that's the case. I honestly think that all those teams are actually legit and could hang with any of those of the top like NFC teams. I just think maybe there is like a bit the the NFC playoff picture and the contenders there are a bit more clear than the AFC is. Seems like there's just a yeah, it just seems like there's a bit more parity in the AFC, but all those teams are still very good. Yeah, because I I feel like there's no clear cut favorite to make it to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's like a, just a wild season. There's been like a lot of like really good quarterback play, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's just interesting how how things have like worked out so far. Where nobody's really like gotten ahead of the pack too far, and like everybody's beating each other or everyone's giving each other like good games. So I could see. I could I could see Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals going all the way. I could see Brady the Bucks going all the way. I could see the Buffalo Bills going all the way, even though I hope to God that they don't. It's it's <laughs> a, it's gonna be I think this 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 coming season and like this coming like playoffs, it's gonna be like really interesting. No, it's definitely gonna be interesting because you really don't like listen to AFC, you don't really know who's gonna go, go to the Super Bowl. I mean I I mean I think in the NFC, I think the Bucks Bucks would be favored, but doesn't mean that another team can't can't upset them possibly and make it there. He, but here's the thing: the way the way the Rams are playing, the way the Rams are built, they they should cook the Bucks. They should cook at least the Rams' offense will. I do think it would have been a much different deal if Brady had Antonio Brown for for that game they played because the yep. the way to attack them would have been to attack them in the short game, and Antonio Brown's good for that. So that will make the their matchup more interesting. But I think Matthew Stafford will absolutely roast that 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 Buccaneers defense. That depleted that depleted secondary. Yeah, uh, depleted secondary. I don't think they had Jason Pierre Paul for that game either. So yep, we'll see. It. We'll see how their health looks um, when they meet again. I'm assuming I'm assuming they'll they'll most likely meet up in the playoffs. But anybody can beat anybody. Yeah, <laughs> anybody can be anybody. So far, um, Arizona, Arizona is undefeated. We'll see how that happens, but I also see them as being possibly beatable too. Yeah, like I said, any given any given Sunday, anything yeah. can happen. Facts. Um, yeah, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk some more. All right, so you did bring up the Cardinals and. What I was looking really forward to was tomorrow night's game against the Packers, but Adams and Lazada are out on the on the Cobra Reserve list. Um, now, history shows that Aaron Rodgers can still have a chance as the Packers have a 6-0 record without Adams in the lineup over the last two years. But, again, this is the Cardinals, and that offense is stacked. So, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to the game anymore. I'm, I'm pretty upset. Actually, you probably still actually have a good reason to look forward to it. Explain. So, so I definitely think that Cardinals offense is stacked where they got DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. And I think a good thing for them was Larry Fitzgerald retiring because he was playing in the slot a lot 
So his retiring allowed Christian Kirk to move back to the slot where he's been kind of like thriving again. And adding AJ Green to like the other side has, you know, having Kyler who's playing out of his mind and is in, is the league MVP in my opinion, um, has like revitalized his career some. You know, James Conner and Drake have been doing pretty have been running the ball really well. And they're also really interesting. Like you would think that the every week you always see like a lot of like highlights. It's like you think of like it's all Kyler, but they're pretty much like 50-50 and like their their run run plays and pass plays. They they they're pretty they're pretty balanced in terms of how, how they call games. And yeah, you're, you're actually right. It's just the fact that Kyler's so dynamic, we tend to focus on him, and it looks like Travis is so much more, like, dependent on him. But the, actual, the run game does a really good bounce attack, like I said, on the ground and in the air. Yeah, like, he's, Kyler right now, he's he's only averaging about – he's averaging – he's 286 yards a game passing. But he's just ridiculously efficient because he's completed like he's completed seventy three and a half percent of his passes, like nine point nine point zero yards per attempt. So he's doing really well. And I don't, as far as like their offense, as long as Kyler is healthy, they're going to be great. If he gets banged up, which has been a thing in the past, and he has been a little bit banged up, I would say like maybe like this past week or so, that can throw things off because. A lot. Of, he is very much like the linchpin and kind of like the the planet everything else orbits around. But defensively, they're also playing really well. They're a, they're I think they're number one in terms of points allowed after the after the Bills. They might be number one in points allowed overall. I'd have to like double check. But the one problem is. They're a little bit susceptible to physical run game, especially if it's like physical run game to like the edge, because Isaiah Simmons is a little bit undersized. So even though the Packers don't have Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard for this game, most likely, they do still have Aaron Jones and they do still have Tunyon. Tanyan and they do, and they and they have Cobb and they have Aaron Rodgers, so I feel like Matt Lafleur will try to use the run game to try to get the the Cardinals defense into some bad spots. Also, T.J. Watt, uh, sorry, <laughs> T.J. Watt, um, J.J. Watt is out for the game. I don't know if you saw with, with that. The, with yeah, the shoulder with the so- injury. Yep. Yeah, with the shoulder injury, so that can also. Ch- things as well um he's been really good up the middle for them you know it's um it's Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden on the outside and uh, JJ Watt has been playing um on the interior and he's been playing well and the stats don't really reflect it but he has been so that that's actually that's actually a pretty um big loss for them so I I think they'll try to make things work with the run game and try to fit some play action in there and Aaron Rodgers will do his thing because their their corners actually aren't all that great their corners, their corners are decent. Um, they're playing, I think, maybe like some of the, the the defensive scheme and some of the pass rush they have going on there has been really helpful. And they do have really athletic linebackers with Isaiah Simmons and Collins. And but I think they're going to try to use the run game to try to give to to give themselves some like easy offense or or build some like passing concepts off of that, even though they don't have Devontae Adams. Mm, yeah, you know I, mean? I mean, you could be right. I'm just saying, like, that, like, I really want it to be at full strength because outside of that one lot they had this year, they who they there's no there was no real, like, statement game, I feel. And this is the game to actually prove just how good they are in the upper echelon of the NFC. And your best your best um, offensive target for Rodgers ain't going to be available. So that had me a little disappointed. And, oh, you were right about the uh, Cardinals. They are number one in – points allowed, um, 16.3 points per game. Yeah, they've been playing really well, both sides of the football. Like, they're they're at or near the top in pretty much all categories. They're, they're a really solid, solid football team. Yeah, I see a lot of people are concerned about, like, with them, like, Kyle Murray, like, can he, like, play, can he sustain this level of play? 
as the season progresses with with his size and his miniature frame and even going into the postseason. With, yeah, with yeah, as, long, as long as he doesn't get dinged up, I definitely can see can see him keeping it going. He does he has gotten hurt and he has taken some hits, but the talent is definitely there. But like I'm also low key wondering when they're gonna lose. Cause the Packers are like weekend. They got the Niners have been trash, but they do run the ball really well. But and the the I think the 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 49ers played them closer than anybody else has. They they um beat the they beat the 49ers um seventeen to ten. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where that game goes. But after that, it's Panthers, Seahawks, Bears. The Bears defense has been good. They cooked the Rams last time. I, I, maybe the Cowboys can beat them, but you know, I, I, I mean, undefeated is very much like a thing that um, that just I this is very unlikely to happen. But I definitely think they most likely will be the like runaway number one seed in in the NFC. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's that there's like a chance of that not happening unless they have like some kind of disaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the only game that I'm like, I'm looking at right now too. Like, the only game that you like, can they win this game? The Cowboys. Yeah, because you know, Dak, Dak, Dak's playing out of his mind. Dak's playing out of his mind, and Jerron, Jerron Diggs got the magic this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, but uh, you, I, I'm, 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 I'm a big Kyler fan, and he's just so like excited to play. So I'm glad I get to, I get to see this game. I don't have to just like watch like highlights or something. Yeah. So another game. Um, any other games you were looking forward to this weekend? Damn, the Pats are playing at the uh, in LA. The Chargers. I'm so mad. I didn't. I didn't notice until like a month before that they were playing in LA. Because my mind was thinking that when I see the schedule earlier this year, I'm thinking San Diego. I forgot to play in LA. <laughs> I was trying to go to the game this weekend, but it didn't work out. So really, oh, you're gonna be out in LA? No, I was trying to, but it didn't work out. It didn't work uh, out. Gotcha, gotcha. My, I have my manager lives out there. If I mm-hmm. did that m- months in advance, like when I saw the schedule. Probably would have been good to go, but yeah, my my cousin actually lives in LA. I just haven't had the time to get out there with between school and all that type of stuff. But hopefully soon. But uh, yeah, it's what I saw last week out of Mac Jones was good. It was good. Twenty four to twenty four thirty six, three hundred seven yards, like two touchdowns. But it's nothing I didn't expect because it was the Jets. And it's also, you know, people have been talking about, like, Mac Jones a lot as, oh, my God, like, he's so good. He's so much better than, like, the other rookies. Like, right now, these light years ahead of, like, the other rookies. It's it's wild how well he's playing. But it's also not anything I didn't expect, <laughs> like, at well, all. Well, but, but look where he came from, from, from the college ranks, playing for Saban, and then now he's playing for – Arguably the greatest coach of all time in Belichick, yeah. a cerebral coach with a great infrastructure, great surroundings. He doesn't have the other quarterbacks in his class don't has don't have that luxury. So it was obvious that he, it, it was not crazy to think that he has the best year thus far out of all the rookie. Oh, definitely. You know, right now he's sitting at he's twentieth in like passer rating and QBR. He's eighteenth for a rookie. That's nuts. He's mm-hmm. playing out of his mind. I mean. But um, I had nothing I saw changed my mind. Might as well call him Mac Pennington, and that's not me knocking. <laughs> not, but see, people think I'm knocking him, and that's not what I'm saying. I think, for one, when Chad Pennington retired, Chad Pennington retired with the highest complete career completion percentage in football until like Drew Brees came along, and some of like these younger guys have higher completion percentage, but it's also in an era with like wide open passes and easier passes. And most likely some of those guys will start to drop as they regress over time. That's what I see. Mac Jones is hyper accurate. Some of the stuff he does in the short game and intermediate game is crazy, crazy. Like some of like there was, um, I retweeted it. There was like one of his, one of his touchdown throws to like to Hunter Henry he dropped it in there and it like didn't even make sense. Like it was like the dude had like telekinesis in the short game. Like it was like he was moving the ball with his mind. It was wild. What I do see is 
I see a ceiling. Like, there's just certain things that he can't do. Yeah, he has so, some physical restrictions. He has some yeah. physical restrictions. So, what? So, I don't. I right now, I, he looks like Chad Pennington to me. The pen ultimate version of him would be Drew Brees. I don't because for me, I tend to bet I'm more of a floor better. Like I'm not. I'm not going to be like he's going to be some crazy like Hall of Famer. I'm saying Chad him being Chad Pennington would be fine now. Chad Pennington was the kind of quarterback you could win with, but you won't necessarily win because of him. And there's a difference. But I think what the problem for me is, as far as it relates to the future of the Patriots passing offense and the Patriots prospects come as being like a playoff contender or Super Bowl contender is what are we going to put around Mac Jones to accentuate his talent or make him better? Do gotta I spend out, gotta spend those bucks? Yeah, get but a Belichick, top notch free agent. Bill Belichick already spent those bucks, though. Right now, yeah. I I was on um I was in a space with um, um Pat's cap yesterday. I don't know if you are aware of it. He's like a guy amateur, um, probably one of the best in the league, but he basically knows the Patriots cap in and out. Right now, a third of the Patriots' cap is dedicated to pass catchers over the next like two years. So if y'all thinking we're gonna do make like a big like free agent splash for like a wide receiver, probably not. Unless something like drastic happens where we maybe like move Nikhil Harry decline or and or decline his fifth year option, which is pretty much a guarantee at this point, and find a way to either restructure. Or move Nelson Aguilar, which is also going to be moving him. I don't think anyone's going to want to take on that contract. Restructuring, maybe that's possible. But we oh, know oh, how. Or oh, we can hit in the draft. That's the but, thing. But it's Bill but, Belichick. But with our luck is Belichick. It's Belichick. It's like that's the what if. If you told me, if you told me right now that we could get whoever, um, we could get the entire scouting department for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, in the in, on the Patriots, and they go scouting wide receivers for us. I would say Mac Jones is going to be a perennial Pro Bowler, MVP candidate, Hall of Famer because they will get him the wide receivers where he could get the ball into the hands and they could just just cook defenses. But with Belichick, that's that's the rub, <laughs> and people like think I'm like what I'm like. Bill, like if there's one hole Bill Belichick has in his game, it's finding like top top of the line receivers in the draft and that's pretty much where we need to get one so I don't know uh, I, given where I think we'll be picking this defense is full of pass rushers and defensive backs we know Bill Belichick's like MO so I feel like he'll take one of those first I would love it if you would get one of those receivers from Ohio State Garrett Wilson would be perfect um, for Mac Jones, where he's, he's a guy where Mac Jones can get the ball to his hands quickly and then he can make something happen in space afterwards. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. Um, I don't I don't know how, if that's going to happen. Um, as far as the Chargers, though, um, that's going to be an interesting game. I don't think Bill Belichick is going to shut out the Chargers offense like he did last year. Um, yeah, that's, yeah that's, definitely, that's definitely not happening. That's definitely not happening. But, but, the Chargers are bad against the run. They're not good because they don't really care to stop it. What they want to do is put a roof on your offense and make you dink and dunk. So technically, what the Patriots do offensively is the Chargers' weakness because we want to dink and dunk and we want to run the football. And that's what the Chargers' defense schematically wants to make you do. So we will see. The game might be it – could, it could go either way. They do have – you know, they do have Joey Bosa. You know, they do have Derwin James. And bo- any, both of those guys are better than anyone we have on our offense at all. So if – it could be it could be a tough game, but I also think that one Bill Belichick being as good of a coach he is, 
and Mac Jones is starting to more round into form where we're starting to see what he can be. Um, all he'll be pretty all, all what he will be is what he was last Sunday, just like fairly consistently. Um, trying to attack like the intermediate and the short and the short levels of the field. So the game might be closer. I do have the Chargers winning, but I think the Patriots will equip themselves like pretty well. Yeah, no, I, I think it'll be a um, competitive game, certainly. But I, I think the Chargers will will avenge that that loss they had last season out there in LA. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, won't, it won't it won't be spooky for us. Like we we we'll hold it down, but I think they they got too much talent for us to overcome in the end. Yeah, Herbert. I mean, Herbert had a tough game. I think they locked down, you know, they really locked down Mike Williams. And they couldn't really find any rhythm after that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And also, it, I also do think, like, they should. I, I don't see why they wouldn't be. They really need to be players for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, The so the Texans have started, like, their – their roster dump. They just traded Mark Ingram um, to the Saints, actually. To the Saints, yep. And yeah, Brendan Cooks is only due one and a half million on the books for the rest mm-hmm. of this year. So he's like going to be like an attractive trade target. And the one thing that the Chargers are missing, they need like none of their – they don't have a speed receiver. Like Keaton Allen's a route runner. Mike Williams is a contested catch kind of like 50-50 ball guy, but he's not a burner. They need a burner, and especially for for a quarterback like like Herbert, who has the arm strength to hit a burner anywhere, that could really open up like their offense. So, and like, like again, the A the AFC is like wide open. I could see any any team, any of like the top like seven teams making it to the Super Bowl. Why not? I, I you know give give up a pick, give up something, and get go go get cooks. Yeah, he was definitely a good addition to that team. Like you said, like, where, where Herbert's can throw it up there and then yeah. he, he try to make a play for it. And now just open up so much things on the – that opens almost so much space up for the offense. Yeah, because you That's have to. Just... You would have to put somebody over the top of him because there's no – there's no, oh, he can, can he come? Like, if he – if they put – if they if they stack the – if they put everybody on, on the right side of the formation and put – Cooks on the on on the weak side, and run him deep. Your your DB can't say, "Oh, I'm going to cheat over to like the other side and like give them help," because Herbert absolutely has the arm strength to go to the backside and hit him on on a deep on a deep route, no problem. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that, I mean, that's going to be a, that should be a good game, a good game to watch. Uh, and before I get out of here, I wanted to ask you. You you know, you know about that fan, right? Uh, who gave back the um the, the, the <laughs> Brady's um, um sits on the yeah. touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm greedy, but I think I think he could have came up a little bit more. He definitely could have came up a little bit more. So what? So in return, he got two signed jerseys and a helmet from Brady. One signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats. One thousand dollars to the Bucks game store. Two season tickets for twenty one and twenty two, and then one Bitcoin. Listen, yeah. Sweeten the deal with me. Throw in season tickets for life. I'm good. Yeah, I think because I think a Bitcoin is worth like fifty grand. Oh really? Oh yeah, Bitcoins. <laughs> you know, one Bitcoin is uh, yeah. and uh, and you know what too? He holds on to that. It's only going to go up in value most likely. So that, no, that's, that, that's, that's, that's almost that equitable. But I because I, I think the the football is like they were saying it's worth about like maybe like five hundred six hundred k. I don't know. I probably would have held on to that. I, I want to head on to it, right? But I'm, I'm, I told people, like, I don't think he came off as bad as I thought originally, but still, I would have asked trying to get more. But, like, think about it. If you if you sit up to those jerseys and a helmet signed for Brady, if, and I don't know if he has any kids or not, if he passes down to generations, that's like, that's, you're sitting on potentially generational wealth. Yeah, it's, um, I, I definitely think, um, old boy kind of kind of screwed up <laughs> a little bit. But he's also, I think he's like, from the way he sounded, he sounded like a football purist because it's like, I don't know. If I caught if I caught Brady's like six hundred touchdown, I probably I probably would make it tough, but I probably would have given it back too. 
because for me, I'm like, I don't know. I'm weird. Like, I don't, even though I know football so well, like, I don't, I never bet on games. I never, like, or do anything like that. Like, I don't know. I, I love the game too much to do it. But, yeah, he, uh, oh, boy, oh, boy, like, he, he could have hit a lick for real. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Um, yeah, that, that's crazy. The, the, the fact that he's, wait a minute. You said you heard us. He talked about it on TV. Oh yeah, he was all over. Like they they interviewed him. He said he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna keep the football. He said he was gonna give it back. And um, he was like, you know, I think they interviewed me. He's like, oh yeah, I would just love like I don't even really need anything. I just would I wouldn't I would just love like Tom Brady like play like a round of golf with me or something like that. Um, but they, they gave him some stuff. You got a whole bunch of stuff. You got you know signed jerseys and season tickets for like the rest of the year and then the next year. So you, you, you'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would have been like, then give me season tickets for life and we good. <laughs> Facts. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we can uh, stop here. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, hold on a second. What do you think about on the news with uh, Deshaun Watson? It's looking like it's, it's, the, it's the Dolphins to lose for the three stakes? I, th- I think it's pretty much, it's ju- like, from what I understand, the deal with the Dolphins is basically already like hammered out and done. What they can't agree on is what could potentially happen if Watson can't play because of his legal troubles. I think they're trying to put some kind of language into the trade deal where some of those, those like the trade, the whatever picks they traded would like, would drop or maybe void or something, depending on what happens with Watson. But you can't justify doing it. I, for me, you Watson he has twenty two lawsuits for for sexual misconduct and assault, and he's under criminal investigation for for the same. Mm. Trading three first round picks for somebody with that kind of off the off the field stuff going on is wild. Three first because if if it's three first rounds, because that's assuming what it is, three first at least three first rounders and a player, probably more, for a twenty five year old top five quarterback. And that's that's something that can change like your a franchise's fortune for like a decade. Like how how do you justify taking that kind of risk for a player with that kind of stuff going on? For me, it's like I wouldn't do it, but I also understand like how desperate the Dolphins organization is, and maybe like how like the front office is feeling, and how Brian Flores because uh, there's just like a like a weird malaise around there. Like I just I I just don't think they're feeling Tua, and they just like never have. Yeah, and, and I think I read or, or heard that they prefer that Watson settle the cases. But from what I understand, Watson didn't try to do that. He wants to, like, actually fight this to the end. Yeah, and so it's just going to be hanging over him like, like you know, kind of just like a, like a thundercloud. It's just it's just a wildlife situation. Just uh, for me, I wouldn't go anywhere near him right now. Mm-hmm. But I I can understand right now the the dolphins are kind of like going up in flames and they're like looking for like a hero. I don't I just don't know if that hero is Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation and and how how to like proceed with something like that is tough. Consider all the like the legal aspects and everything. You know, and then but you know just looking at it from like a pure football standpoint, that's just like wild that. We're gonna be if 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 the trade happens, you mm. know. I feel like if it doesn't happen at the trade deadline, and most likely will happen in the off season, mm. we're gonna have you know Josh Allen and and Deshaun Watson four times a year, and if Zach Wilson rounds into form with some of the ability that he has, it's like holy shit. <laughs> you know, AFC East is gonna be gonna be some tough sledding for like the next like ten fifteen years. Oh my god! Don't remind me if it happens. Yep, yep. yep. Just gotta sit back and see what happens. Trade deadline is on Monday or, or the second. I believe mm-hmm. Monday. I believe so. Yeah. All right, so Monday we'll afternoon. Our, yep. So we'll keep our ears um, tuned into that. And mm-hmm. See what happens from there. 
Well, my guy, good talking to you again. Uh, Absolutely. What, what you got planned for the rest of the night? Uh, just got some uh, got some dinner on deck and some studying. That's it. What you having dinner? Uh, actually, went to um. I got some stuff from Highland Cuisine. Get the Haitian food. Woo! I've been there in years. Yeah, it's, yeah. Still, it's, it's still decent. It's one of the only decent Haitian places around. We we really need to get a get a new restaurant out of here. So because some of the other ones they're just not hitting. Damn. What did you get for Highland? Uh, you know the durian sauce You know you know how it is. Keeping it keeping nope. it real Haitian. No grill. Nope, nope, not today. No pork, just some chicken. <laughs> I feel you, right? You can't do that all the time. It's like, yeah, man. I, I, didn't, I didn't want. I don't. I got. I got. I got to study, so I don't want that itis to hit because you know how it is. <laughs> all facts. Yep. Yep. Well, all right, man. Uh, appreciate appreciate this coming on again, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. Absolutely. All right, man. All right, peace. And that is it for this episode. Thank you guys for your continued support. Shout out to Anchor, salute to the Holy Ease. And if you guys haven't already subscribed to this podcast, make sure you do it as it's available damn near everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts at. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Um, you can keep up with me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Vincent 13. And you can also like my Facebook fan page as well, Emmanuel Vincent. Um, be on the lookout. Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully this weekend I can record an NBA pod because the season is about we're about a week in to the end. Oh, a little, little bit over rather a week into the um, NBA season. I haven't put a pod out yet. I know, right? Surprise. <laughs> so I'm going to try and work on that this weekend. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, until then, you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Till next time. Take care.